Now recording. <laughs> In case anyone wants the download link ahead of time, I'm going to do that. All right, I'm going to get started. Chapter 1, Prologue, January 2020, Greendale Community College, start of spring semester. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Fundamentals of Law 102, Jeff Winger said. Most of you were here last semester, but for those of you who weren't, I'm Professor Winger, and I will be teaching this course. The room, the room quickly. Quick. Oh, sorry. Oh, Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll do it that way. Go ahead. Okay. The room quickly went quiet. Jeff was a popular teacher and controlled the classroom with a natural authority. He took off his jacket, slung it over the back of his chair, rolled up his sleeve, uh, shirt sleeves, and threw a wink at a brunette in the front row whose face had gone dreamy. She blushed slightly and sat up straight again. Before we start, I have an important announcement to make. As those of you who volunteer for the Justice Project will already be aware, last semester I applied for funds to attend this summer's Conference on Justice and Appeal System taking place in Georgetown University, Washington, DC. I'm pleased to announce I have been granted funds to attend and take two students with me. If you are interested in attending, please sign the sheet currently going around class. Places will be assigned on the basis of grades obtained and willingness to pursue extra credit opportunities and successful candidates will be announced on return from spring break. Now, if you please turn to page 27. Day after spring break, Office of the Greendale Justice Project. Jeff Winger was going through the assignments of the first half of the semester. Gemma has to go. She's way ahead of the others, but any one of five could get the second place. I've only got enough funds for two rooms. If I pick a guy, I'll have to share a room with him, but another girl, and they can share while I have a room to myself. He put his head around the door. Gemma, Haley, can I see you in my office, please? Georgetown University, Washington, D.C. Conference on Justice and the Appeal System, Main Lecture Theater. Jeff knew exactly why he'd chosen to attend the lecture being given by the FBI guest speaker from Quantico. He looked down once again at the amendment slip, which had been stapled into the conference program to make sure it hadn't changed since he looked at it. It hadn't. 1430-1630, the Perspective of Law Enforcement, Speaker, FBI Special Agent A. Edison, replacing the previous announced speaker. If pushed, he would have said it offered the best chance of an entertaining Q&A session given the likely hostile audience. He wasn't ready to admit the truth, that his palms were sweating and his heart in his mouth at the possibility of seeing Annie again after so long. The conference chairman walked up to the podium and tapped the microphone for attention. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please, Professor Greenman said. For those of you who haven't received a copy of the amended programs, Professor Leo Armitage has been called away on official business and is unable to make today's lecture. However, the FBI has graciously provided a replacement who has been working closely with Professor Armitage and is fully qualified to speak on his behalf. Please welcome Special Agent Annie Edison. Jeff sat up right in his seat. He hadn't really believed it was possible until this moment. It really is her, he thought in dumb shock as the petite figure of a woman who had once been the most important thing in his world walked up to the podium. Jeff never budged from his position as he focused with intense concentration on everything Annie said, every mannerism, every gesture. When the lecture ended and the call for questions went out, he made sure his hand went up 
first, and he practically tore the microphone out of the assistant's hand as it was brought over to him. Jeff Winger from the Greendale Justice Project. Annie went stiff with shock as she heard his name, recognized his voice. It really is him. What are you doing here, Jeff? Shouldn't you still be rotting in that place? You look just like you did. No, you look better. Annie noted he'd shaved off his beard and was wearing a sharp suit and seemed to have recovered and recovered an easy self-confidence as he gripped the microphone. She disciplined herself to relax and concentrate on his questions. Jeff was somewhat gratified to see Annie looked almost as shocked as he felt, even if she did swiftly smooth over her expression. Thank you for volunteering to be the lion in this den of Dan Daniel's special ape. Oh, sorry, that's not... That's all right, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff opened, pausing slightly to allow the rumble of good-natured laughter to die down. My question is straightforward enough, he continued. You stressed in your presentation that law enforcement agencies such as yours are committed to justice as anybody in this room, and that we should be prepared to see you as allies, not as rivals. However, I think I speak for most of my colleagues here present who specialize in miscarriage of justice cases that the law enforcement agencies we deal with are very rarely see us as allies. There was a rumble of agreement from around the room. Do you not perhaps accept that the message you have just given also needs to be given with your own organization? Thank you for your kind welcome, Mr. Winger. Annie smiled up at him. You're quite correct, of course. This is a message that needs to be taken on board by all parties. For an example, in the FBI, Annie proceeded to give a concise answer of how the FBI was constantly overhauling procedures and training to ensure evidence was retained and access for defense counsel safeguarded. Jeff returned to his seat and listened to the rest of the Q&A. At the end, he turned to Gemma and Haley and asked them to wait a moment as he had something personal to attend to. Then he walked to the front of the auditorium and waited while Annie handed those attendees who preferred to ask questions one-on-one. -on -one. As he watched her deal with the questions confidently and with good humor, Jeff felt he wasn't sure what he felt. Pride, wistfulness, uncertainty, even resentment? Instead, he forced himself to relax and just watch as memories came forth unbidden. Finally, she dismissed the last one and walked over to him. Would it destroy your credibility with, the oh, that's you. <laughs> it's okay. Uh would it destroy your credibility with this crowd if I gave you a hug? She asked with a warm smile. Jeff smiled back. No more than it would destroy yours with your bosses. He held out his arms. Come here, Annie. She did. The hug was soft and warm and exactly how Jeff remembered. It's been so long, he said, as a moment of sadness flicked across her face. Can I buy you dinner or something so we can catch up properly? I don't think we can do it just standing here. Annie's face fell. I can't, Jeff. I've got a meeting at FBI headquarters. Then she brightened again. It's only a case review and shouldn't take more than an hour. Pick me up from my hotel at 7.30 and we'll go on from there. She scribbled a name and address on the back of a business card and handed it over to, Jeff, uh, to, to him. Jeff automatically gave her one of his cards in return. Thanks, Annie. I'll see you later. Jeff smiled at her. It's a date, Jeff. Annie smiled back at him. They hugged again, and Annie swiftly left the room. Gemma and Haley, who had been hanging back, walked up to him. They had grins on their faces. So, Professor, said Gemma, did you really just score a date with the hot FBI agent? Jeff drew himself up to his full height and replied with a tone of grave dignity. 
as it happens, she's an old friend from when we were students together. Then he grinned. But yes, it looks like you'll be looking after yourselves tonight. Then we need to get you ready, Haley said. There's no way you're going out in your conference suit. Whew. End of Ooh. chapter one. Yeah. <laughs> Getting spicy. Right. <laughs> chapter Next two. chapter. Jeff Winger's Hotel, 7 p.m. The girls had been as good as their word. Jeff had been ordered into his bathroom to shower, shave, moisturize, and tease his hair into just the right urban casual look. And in the meantime, they had ironed and laid out his favorite, eye-wateringly expensive, pale blue Mark Jacobs shirt, dark blue sports jacket, and cream-colored slacks. Jeff sprayed on some of his favorite cologne, finished getting dressed, and stepped out into the corridor where Haley and Gemma were waiting. Gemma nodded. You'll do. Then she smiled. Have a nice evening, Professor. Haley grinned. Be good, and if you can't, be careful. Jeff tutted at her. The same goes for you two. Don't make me regret leaving you unescorted. We're all adults here, you know. That's what I'm afraid of, Jeff grinned. Then went serious. But thanks, guys. I appreciate this. Annie Edison's Hotel, 720. If it had only been a 10-minute taxi ride from his hotel, so Jeff had arrived, arrived a little early. Rather than risk surprising Annie, he went into the hotel bar and ordered a Diet Coke while he waited. While he did so, he found himself thinking back to the last time he'd seen Annie. She'd come back from her summer internship with the FBI bubbling over with excitement at having her application for the FBI Academy accepted, even if it did barely leave her, her with enough time to sort out some administrative details about graduating from Greendale and putting her things into storage prior to, prior to getting them shipped across the country. They had a going away party the night before she left and the day after Jeff had driven her to the airport again. They hugged, kissed, and promised to stay in touch. Then the disillusionment had set in. The texts and emails from Annie got shorter and further apart with the very last message being an apology that she would not be able to return to Greendale for the Christmas break, but she needed to study and promising to sort out something with her out in the new year. Jeff had tried to reestablish contact around the time she should have graduated, only to find her contact details had gone dead, and Quantico refusing to say any more than she graduated early and was on a classified assignment. Literally, the next thing he'd heard from was her as she walked up to the podium at the conference. He didn't know whether to be excited to see her again, scared, or... He checked his phone. It said 729. Close enough. He tapped in the number on her business card and started typing. Downstairs, Downstairs. Oh, in sorry. your hotel bar. <laughs> I decided to, texting is yeah. <laughs> in your hotel bar. Ready whenever you are. Annie Edison's hotel room, 7.30 p.m. Annie had got, had got back from her meeting 45 minutes earlier. Since then, she'd shower showered, blow-dried her hair, and put on fresh makeup, lipstick, perfume, and underwear, and was standing by her suitcase wondering what to wear when she got Jeff's message. She read it and smiled. I'll be down in five, she replied. She thought briefly about putting her suit back on, then rejected it. Instead, she dived into her suitcase and took out her off-duty dress. Royal blue, cap sleeves, modest neck neckline, and just above knee length. She looked at it, smiled, wriggled into it, brushed her hair again, and retrieved her shoes in purse before slipping out of her room. Jeff had been in a state of barely suppressed panic ever since texting Annie. 
Ever since she left the conference, he had been consumed by the thought she would disappear again when he felt his phone vibrate with an incoming message. He took it out and almost sobbed with relief when he saw her reply message. What the hell's the matter with you, winger? Annie or not, no woman should be able to do this to you. It was actually closer to 10 minutes before the elevator doors opened and Jeff saw her step out and walk over to the bar where he was waiting. He instinctively stood up as an expression of a red <laughs> amazement crossed his face. Annie looked completely different from three hours ago. Damn, but she really knows how to wear that dress, was the first coherent thought he had. In, Je in Jeff's imagination, it wasn't so much co covering her curves as caressing them. Stop that, winger. Annie walked across the bar at a sedate pace with a swing in her hips. By the time she reached Jeff, he was a long way from being the only one in the bar who couldn't take his eyes off of her. Well? She said with a distinctly sultry smile on her face. <laughs> Jeff felt a smile spread across his own face. If that dress is your way of saying a three-hour wait was worth it, then I agree. Unreservedly. Annie rolled her eyes at him. It's my way of saying I want to relax and enjoy the evening, she said with an aspirated smile that Jeff remembered far too well. You're not exactly dressed down yourself, Jeff. Annie's look had turned appraising. Still working out, I see. Jeff grinned. Hey, a body like this has to be earned. Do you want to spend the rest of the night here or find a real bar? I think I saw one just up the road. Let's walk, she said, but she stayed put. Uh, but with an expression on her face as though she was expecting something from Jeff. He raised an eyebrow and offered his arm. Milady? She flashed him a brilliant smile and put her hand around it. Milord? Jeff felt his heart skip a beat as she said it. With a distinct swagger in his hips, he let her out of the hotel and to the nearby bar. Now, what does a girl have to do to get a drink around here? She said after they arrived. We're a dress like that, I suspect. Jeff grinned. Annie rolled her eyes again, but smiled back at him. Appletini, he said. I'm, I'm impressed you remembered, but I'm not 22 anymore, Jeff. Make a proper martini. No, you're really not. Jeff was still coming to terms with just how amazing, damn it, how grown up Annie was looking. Shaken or stirred? I'm an FBI agent, not British Secret Service, Jeff. I really doubt it matters. The smile on her face was just damn sexy, knowing and very, very grown up. It was a look she must have learned after Greendale. Jeff had a sudden moment of intense jealousy as he thought of the guys she would have practiced it on. You let her go, remember? He thought to himself as he fought the feeling down and went to the bar to get the drinks. When he got back, Jeff handed her her dr drink. He wanted to keep things light and cheerful. He really did, but he couldn't. He had to have an answer to the thing that was eating away at him. It's been a long time, Annie, he said in a quiet tone of voice that was one part sad, one part accusatory. Annie flinched slightly and broke eye contact. But ever since she had agreed to meet with Jeff tonight, she had known she would have to answer this question, just as Jeff had known he would have to ask it. So she looked him in the eyes again and told him about how Quantico had been so much harder than she expected. How she had to spend all her time studying, not just to keep up, but to make, make up for what she should have learned for her bachelor's degree, but hadn't because Greendale was too chaotic to teach it. 
she had graduated nonetheless, and Jeff noted the bitter pride in her voice as she said this. But she had been recruited for a task force whose work was sufficiently classified she had to close all her social media accounts and restrict contact with anybody who hadn't been vetted. The task force was wound up last September. We got thanked for our hard work and reminded it was still secret and any leaks would earn the leaker a one-way ticket to Guantanamo. I was assigned to the FBI office in Norfolk, Fork, <laughs> Virginia, and things finally started to go back to normal. I got an apartment, free time, and a boyfriend. Annie looked at Jeff closely. She didn't miss the fleeting look of sadness that covered, crossed his face. Indeed, she was oddly cheered by it, but she didn't comment on it either. Jeff was spared the need to reply immediately as a waiter arrived and put a bowl of olives, another of bread, and a plate of antipasta on the table. Jeff took the opportunity to ask for more drinks and then turned back to Annie. I ordered snacks, he said apologetically. I didn't know about you, but I haven't eaten yet. He was silent for another long moment. Then he smiled suddenly. You do realize that custom and precedent requires me to hate him and go on a self-deluding and destructive jealous rampage now, don't you? Annie looked him looked at him in surprise. Have you really grown up enough to be that honest with yourself, Jeff? Or have we just grown apart? She thought. Instead, she just smiled at him, pulled out her phone, and opened up the picture gallery and passed it over. His name is Paul, and he works for the federal prosecutor's office. We met when he was assigned to a case I was lead investigator on. He asked me out and when we got a guilty verdict and we've been living together since May. He's a good man, Jeff. He needs to be. He's going to, be, to deserve to be with you. Jeff didn't notice Annie's expression soften. Instead, he was focusing on the picture. A tall man with blonde hair and blue eyes and a brilliant white smile. A few years older than Annie, but probably not as old as me, he thought, slightly souring but wearing it confidently. Don't say it, Jeff, Annie said with a mischievous smile on her face. Jeff was genuinely surprised. Say what? He's a lawyer, and he looks like you. Jeff laughed softly. He always did have good taste in men. Well, apart from Vaughn. And Rich. And... Careful, Jeff. Annie wasn't sure whether to be amused or irritated. There was nothing wrong with Troy, and even you weren't as bad as you liked to think you were. There was one thing wrong with us, Jeff said softly. Annie raised a questioning eyebrow. Jeff read it. Neither of us realized how lucky we were to have you interested in us until it was too late. Annie blushed slightly, looked down at her glass, and decided to change the subject. I thought several times about getting in touch again, but there was a part of me that felt that Greendale was some bizarre dream that I'd woken up from, and I was afraid to go back to it in case I'd find I'd changed too much and we weren't friends anymore. I felt I'd almost rather just hold on to the memories that, than risk it. I was afraid to see what pit you'd fallen into without me, and yet you seemed to be okay. A small, selfish part of Annie was offended that Jeff seemed to have shaken off losing her so easily. The rest of her fought that down and carried on. Jeff nodded in understanding, then waved his scotch glass between the two of them. And, he said. Annie knew immediately what he was, he was asking. She smiled. I think it's going okay so far. He bowed slightly and smiled back. Despite that, Annie said, 
When I got the invitation to the launch party of Abed's new series, I accepted and got as far as booking plane tickets to California. I'd actually started to look forward to it. Then the trial date of a case I was lead investigator on got brought forward and I had to be in court. Jeff thought back to the party. Who would have thought Abed's old web series about us would get picked up by a network as a basis for a sitcom? Still, it got us an expenses paid break in California. You were missed, he said. Britta, Craig, and I were there from Greendale. Shirley made it, and even Smile and Menace dropped by with a posse in tow. Nice of choice to make it, Annie said. It was a great party, Jeff said. We got our pictures taken with the actors playing us, and the actress playing you hit on me really hard. That was a great weekend. Though I had to change my booking for the return flight. He grinned as Annie sputtered. I'm still not completely sure if she was interested in me for me, or if she was doing her character research. Then he, he said ruefully, Though, I suppose I should have gotten a clue from when she turned up for our date in a flowery dress, ballet flats, and a green cardigan. The lingerie she had on was nothing like what you would have worn back then, however, though it would have suited you. Jeff! Annie was now giggling helplessly and bright pink with embarrassment. Jeff had a huge grin on his face as he watched her. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to watch second chances the same way ever again she finally got out the debate episode is in two weeks jeff was still grinning oh god any gasped. i'm going to have to warn paul aren't i jeff's grin was even wider if possible pleased to be of service special agent thank you professor she said dryly but with a soft smile on her face well that's me up to date Whoops. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, um, well, that's me up to date. What about you, Jeff? You're looking better than I expected. Much better. Any smile was borderline flirtatious. Jeff smiled back. Admit it, you were half expecting me to look like Duncan at best, and be a washout old drunk on a park bench at worst. Andy's expression turned apologetic, but she didn't deny it. I can't say I blame you, he said thoughtfully. I was in a bad place last year. You were there. Pierce was dead. Shirley and Troy had left. And I knew it was only a matter of time before you and Abed left. The thought of being on my own terrified me, and I reacted badly. He looked pensive for a moment. If it wasn't for the women in my life, three in particular, I might have ended up on that park bench, he said thoughtfully, and went on to tell Annie of how Britta had challenged him. Maybe he can't be the best defense lawyer in Colorado anymore. But what was his excuse for not being the best community college lecturer? Was he really happier having students laugh behind his back, the guy who handed out A's just for turning up? Frankie had joined in by warning him she was going to run another round of purging Greendale by blow of blow-off classes and teachers who didn't teach. And friendship couldn't, wouldn't save him if he didn't shake up. Faced with the prospect of failing for the second time in three years, Jeff's pride was stung and he'd gotten angry. So he read some books drew up a lesson plan that involved teaching law and audited a class at, at Denver Sturm. And then a strange thing happened, he continued. I got good at it. I started to enjoy it. Having an entire class of students hang on every word you say is almost as good a feeling as giving a really good closing and knowing you're winning the jury. It really was almost as good as being in court again. Jeff smiled at the memory. So Jeff Winger got his life back by rediscovering the ego-boosting joy of having a room full of people listening and looking up to him? Who could have seen that coming? Annie asked dryly. Ouch, 
You're getting really good at the sarcasm thing, Annie. Jeff grinned at her. It's not the only thing I'm good at, she said. I don't think, oh, wait, sorry. Don't think I haven't noticed you haven't mentioned the third one yet. The FBI trains its agents well, Jeff said wryly. Her name is Melanie Callahan, he said. She was a student who signed up that fall semester, a divorcee who put her life on hold to support her husband, only to have him run off with his secretary. I hated her. She had absolutely no respect for my position as her teacher, never laughed at my jokes, and delighted in asking questions I couldn't answer and humiliating me in front of the class. It got so bad I would do extra reading before lessons just to be ready to beat whatever smart-ass point she made into the ground. He paused and sipped his drink for a moment. In fact, one day I was in the teacher's lounge ranting to Klagoras and Duncan about some particularly jerk-assy questions she asked. You know what they'd say? Annie Annie shook her head. (laughs) Annie shook her head. Jeff smiled. Now you know what it was like to have Edison in your class for an entire semester. (laughs) Annie was taking a sip from her drink. She coughed suddenly (coughs) and put her glass down. Jeff went serious again. They also said it was students like that, the Edisons and the Callahans of the world who refused to allow you to coast, who forced you to teach them, who would be the ones who remembered you for the rest of your life, because they were the ones who made teaching a vocation, who made it something more than keeping a roof over your head. They were right, too. Jeff raised his glass as though toasting Annie. It was arguing with you that first semester I taught at Greendale that showed me I could be a decent teacher. I allowed myself to forget that. Arguing with Callahan reminded me of And this time, I didn't allow myself to forget. She changed the subject slightly. So, what's this Greendale Justice Project that's brought you here then? Jeff's mood went somber. As he told Annie of a kid in his class whose brother had been arrested for driving while black in the nice part of town, the arresting officer had seen a chance to pin a bunch of unsolved cases on him. And all of a sudden, he was looking at a plea bargain to accept a sentence of 18 months or risk a trial in 20 years. Jeff had looked at the case file spotted a bunch of holes in the prosecution's case and offered to represent the kid on a contingency basis. Not only had he won, but with a countersuit, he got enough in damages to pay the kid's college fees. Jeff grinned as he recounted his triumph, then went serious again. The asshole cop who set him up got suspended on full pay for failing to follow proper procedures until he attended a diversity awareness course and was then reinstated. There are times when I really don't like cops. Present company accepted, of course. He nodded at Annie with a wry expression on his face. We're not all like that, Jeff, she said grimly. No, you're not, Annie. But too many of the ones who aren't happy to shield are, are who aren't are happy to shield the ones who are. Called the blue wall for a reason, after all. Annie's expression did not improve. Jeff decided to move the story on, telling how Callahan had basically nagged him into writing an article for a legal journal about the case which had led to requests to take on similar cases, which led to Greendale. Frankie approving of the positive publicity, authorizing him to set up a program with school funds and recruit student volunteers. It was Callahan who came up with the Justice Project name and joined up as the first volunteer. I thought you hated her, Annie asked. Jeff grinned. You know what I'm like with these annoying busybody Annie? At first, they drive me up the wall. Then I kind of get used to having them around. And then when they're not around, I find I miss the noise and stress more than anything. Annie smiled and rolled her eyes. Callahan left at the end of that year. She transferred to CU Boulder to do a proper law degree. And it left a hole similar to the one you left. 
Not as big, of course. She did let me have a dance at the transfer dance, though. <laughs> Jeff had a slightly far away nostalgic expression on his face. Transfer dance is probably my favorite occasion in Greendale's social calendar now, for all sorts of reasons. This time, he looked Annie straight in the eyes, and his smile was knowing, mischievous. She smiled back. The project has done pretty well since. We take on one or two, we take on two or three cases a semester, and our profile has increased the local law firms, has increased local law firms have started to take an interest and donate pro bono time to help us out. More importantly, I got to head up a newly created law department at Greendale with a full-time secretary and intern to do the boring administrative stuff while I concentrate on looking good in sharp suits and being charismatic in courts. Jeff grinned at Annie. I'm glad to see you've got your priorities right, Jeff. Annie said dryly. Of course I have. The world needs to see more of this. Jeff pointed his face with another grin. Annie rolled her eyes. His face went grim again. Mind you, I wouldn't be so busy if cops were more honest. At least half our caseload is a miscarriage of justice cases involving people who couldn't afford to pay for a lawyer and got railroaded. If the police only followed the damn rules that were put in place to protect people instead of going for the kill, regardless of how guilty a suspect was, then I'd have less work and everyone would be happier. Annie's mood went dark again. Is it? Is that me? Okay. Uh, that's you, I think, right? Oh, okay. Um, and law enforcement wouldn't be so tempted to find a way around the rules if they weren't so complex and changing constantly. And do you know why they keep changing? She was looking him straight in the eye now. Her face flushed red with anger. Because sleazy defense lawyers keep finding loopholes to put dangerous criminals back on the street. She paused her breath for a moment. Decent, hardworking police officers risk their lives every day only to see some lawyer in a $6,000 suit put a criminal back on the streets because they filled in the wrong form. Jeff looked shocked. What the hell happened to you, Annie? The rules we have are designed to protect the innocent from being railroaded, not to set the guilty free. I thought you knew that. Annie's rage briefly flared white hot. But then she saw the shocked expression on Jeff's face and the biting retort she had ready died on her lips. Instead, she sighed. When did you become the optimistic idealist, always wanting to do the right thing? And I, the jaded cynic, happy with the end, justifying, justifying the means. Jeff looked at her wistfully. Maybe it was when we both grew up. She smiled at that. We were so immature back then. Growing up sucks. Annie decided to shift the subject to a lighter topic. So, Jeff, you know about my private life, but we never got to talk about yours. Is there a special lady? Jeff smiled, shook his head. I've dated a few times. There have been a couple of women who I got fond of and who stayed around for a while. But nobody special since, well, he halted for a moment. Since I left? Annie thought to herself. She didn't say anything, but her eyes showed she understood what Jeff was saying. You'll get there, she said. I said you'd be okay, didn't I? Her smile turned mischievous. After all, I can't imagine you're short of offers. Jeff actually chuckled at that. Annie smiled again. Look, she said. It's my turn to get a drink. Scotch? Oh. On his oh. nod, she stood up and walked over to the bar. <laughs> Jeff watched her go. He waited for the best, for the part of his conscience or self-loathing or whatever that had always reared its head when he allowed himself to notice Annie that way to show up. He was nowhere to be seen. Damn, 
she really is all grown up now. He shook his head and smiled softly to himself. Annie came back to the table a couple, couple of minutes later. So, how's Britta? She asked when she got back. Enjoying being a mother, Jeff said, deadpan. deadpan. <laughs> That's not... What? Oh, Jeff, don't tell me you didn't. She looked appalled. Jeff was hugely amused. Seriously, Annie? After all the times we proved how bad we were together, you thought we'd take another trip around that block? Oh, no. Jeff told instead how Britta had gone off to a rock concert protest rally over Thanksgiving break and spent the entire time so high, she was even more careless about protection than she was about the guy she picked. Then a month after she got back, she knocked on his door holding a positive test in one hand and fighting down tears. Jeff took her in until she calmed down, at which point she decided she was keeping the baby, who turned out to be a cute little girl who looked like her mother. Taylor always has a big hug for Uncle Jeff, he finished the story, smiling at their recent memory. You guys have so much history now that I'm not part of anymore. Annie found herself thinking with a trace of surprised sadness. Come on, Jeff, she said instead. Even as out of touch as I was, I think I would have heard if Britta had a baby. Jeff shook his head. Believe it or not, she never made a formal announcement. Something about being a modern, liberated woman who refused to be defined by her fertility. But if you ask me, she just wanted to postpone having to go over the whole no idea who the father is thing with Shirley for as long as possible. Ouch. Annie winced. That must have been interesting. Jeff smiled again. Actually, Shirley ended up thinking Taylor was so adorable she didn't have it in her to be more than mildly judgmental. Annie nodded. Whatever she thought about the rest of us, she always had a big heart where children were concerned. She said, remembering nights babysitting Shirley's boys in exchange for dinner and gossip. I miss Shirley, she said, um, Annie said wistfully. I miss everybody. It's been so long. I spent so much time trying to build a future. I forgot about the past. But you guys were the first people who... Jeff was shocked to see she suddenly seemed to be on the verge of tears. Hey, stop that, he said. We're supposed to be having fun. Women don't normally cry until after I've had sex with them. Annie looked up with a shocked expression on her face. Um, that is to say, Jeff stammered. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> Annie was shaking her head and smiling now. Even, Even if it... I made... <laughs> oh, I saw my bad. Even if I made an idiot of myself, that's still better than tears, Jeff thought. He reached over the table and took hold of her hand. She let him. You've got nothing to be upset about, Annie. You had every right to build up your own life and think of yourself first. However much time you need, we would still be there for you. I know that, Jeff. Still, it's good to hear. Damn. She'd picked picked up her glass and seen seen it was empty. Jeff saw where she was looking, smiled, let her go, let go of her hand, and headed to the bar. When he came back to the table a couple minutes later, Annie asked about Abed. Jeff said he saw him at least once a year when he came back to Greendale to visit his father, plus two trips Jeff had taken to L.A., one for a case and one for a launch party of second chances. About Craig, he'd been sidelined into a dean of students post when Frankie reorganized the college administration, creating a new post of college president. Running Greendale's social, social life was his sole responsibility now, and he was flourishing. She didn't ask about Troy. She'd follow Smiling Menace's career 
through the media, <laughs> as well as Jeff had and even attended a concert once, though Choi hadn't known she was there. Surely in British, huh? Surely in Britta, she thought they'd already talked about, but mostly they just talked. Every now and then, one of them would go to the bar, and as they reminisced, the years fell away until it felt like they were simply Jeff and Annie again, and the real world was a place they could avoid for a while. Oh, damn, Annie said when she heard a clock chime and saw it that turned 12. Disney princesses need to be home by midnight. I understand, Jeff said with a grin. Har, har, Jeff. But Annie wasn't offended. I don't know about you, but I have to be up in the morning. Unfortunately, so do I, he said. The conference has, gone, has one more day to run. We're flying back to Denver in the evening. He threw back the last of his scotch and stood up as Annie did. Walk me back to my hotel she said. There's usually a taxi waiting outside. Jeff nodded, and this time he didn't need to be prompted to offer his arm. She smiled as she took it. They didn't talk much on the way back to, hotel, to her hotel. The closeness and the silence seemed to say everything they needed to say. Well, here we are, Annie said, outside the lobby of her hotel. She turned to face Jeff. Let's promise it won't be so long before next time. Deal. Jeff said, smiling down at her. Annie smiled back at him, stepped forward, pulled him into a hug. Jeff hugged her back for a long moment, committing the softness and warmth of her to memory. They separated. Jeff looked at Annie. Her eyes were warm and soft and, and huge and sparkling in the streetlights. And all of a sudden, it was 10 years ago, and Jeff was outside the tra transfer dance. He pulled Annie back towards him. Her mouth opened slightly with surprise as Jeff kissed her, and then she was kissing him back as their arms wrapped around each other and pulled each other as close together as possible. She moaned slightly as their tongues met and Jeff's hand tangled into her hair, caressing the back of her head and, I'm sorry, Jeff, but I can't do this. She pulled away suddenly. I'm sorry, she said again, turning on a heel and walking as fast as she could to the hotel. Hotel bar, uh, hotel door. <laughs> Jeff felt rooted to the spot. Crap, 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 crap. <laughs> End of chapter two. I need to drink my drink. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a lot of reading. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I, I think I'm going to end the recording. I, that, that was yeah. more than 20 minutes. Yeah, that was pretty long. <laughs> but, but that was good. That was actually pretty good. It's Two a, chapters. A, not yeah, bad. Yeah, not bad.